Hello and welcome to the podcast for Another Chance for Youth. We are the global connecting place for all things in relation to youth all across the globe. As Franklin Roosevelt says, we cannot always build a future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Get connected. Thank you for tuning in to Another Chance for Youth. I'm Alexis, and I'm going to be your host for this evening for the show titled Homeschooling Your Way to Success. On the line, I have Lissa. How are you doing, Lissa? I am well. How are you? I'm great. Well, some parents out there make the decision to homeschool their children. But unfortunately, thanks to COVID this year, youth across the nation are being forced to be homeschooled, where they are turning to their parents to help them with their education. The questions that homeschooling has brought up thanks to COVID is, how is this going to affect the home life? How is this going to affect the parents? being quarantined with their children for a specific amount of time, now they're also having to educate their child. Is the education quality going to change? And how are the youth to stay on task and succeed their way through this school year? So, Alyssa, I know that you have two girls, and they are both in the fourth grade. Am I correct? Yes, ma'am. And are they being homeschooled this year, or do you happen to live in an area where they're allowed back into the school building? Um, Well, we do. Um, They had both. They had a meeting um, in the summertime, and they decided that kids could go virtually or they could come in the classroom. Um, So I opted for my kids to, you know, do it at home because COVID still exists. Okay. Well, see, the first question that I would like to ask you is, now that they are being homeschooled, have you noticed a difference in your girls, such as most parents are writing into websites and posting uh, parent support groups out there that their children's behavior had changed slightly after they found out that they are not going to go back to school and can't see their friends. So have you noticed a change in your girls now they are being kept at home for for the foreseeable future? Um, Well, yeah, because, you know, um, they're at home, so they're going to want to stay in bed. They're going to want to do work in bed, but... (laughs) Uh, they still get to see their friends, so I'm thankful for that part. But, yes, um, I'm in several support groups on Instagram because sometimes you get frustrated. And I know for not me, but some parents, they were quick to, you know, blame the teacher because, like, I know my children. I know which one is the problem child and so on and so on. But, like, you know, they, they put it on the teacher like, well, maybe it's the teacher not teaching my kid anything. You have to stay on your kids at home because, again, number one, your mommy. And then, two, you know, they're at home. So they're, they're thinking it's going to be easier when, no, it's really not because I can't help you at all. Like, I can read the instructions, 
but there's cameras on everything. There's no, like, do this for me because, no. <laughs> well, the first tip that I have for parents and youth out there is what Alyssa has said is true. Most youth think that because they're being educated at home. It means that they are not responsible for the school year in the manner that they usually are when they attend regular school. So the first tip is you have to set aside a dedicated area in your home that is going to be quiet, free of distractions, and they know that is the place they are to do their schooling. Like in a classroom at school, this area is meant to be the classroom of your home. The second tip actually follows into the first tip. While you have this area that is dedicated to the schooling of your child and or children, it is vital that you keep it free of clutter, free of distractions, and highly organized. When children study in an area that is not cluttered and free of distractions, it shows by, um, I forget the word, uh, studies out there that children perform better that way. And the third tip is to set your children's schedule as if they're attending regular school during the school year. Most children, especially if they are in elementary school, wake up at a specific time, have to be at the school building at a specific time, and throughout the day, there are time periods where they have classes, activities, etc. But most parents have expressed the concern that that's fine during the school year if they're attending the school building. How am I going to hold my child accountable for the same schedule when they're at home? So, Alyssa, my question to you is, now that you have two children at home that are being homeschooled, do you keep them on a schedule, the same schedule, as they would be if they were attending regular school? Well, um, thanks. God, that they have this all organized before they, you know, presented it to us. So they have a schedule. They gave them a schedule. And, you know, you have to be, they have to be on the computer at 820. That's when they take attendance. You're on the computer from 820 to 910. And then from 910 to 10 o'clock, you're doing independent studies. And then at um, 10 o'clock to 11, you have another class. Um, another meeting, like you meet your friends and your teacher, and then you have like math, science, PE, art, like you still have everything. Like they give them a lunch hour. Like they have a lunch time. <laughs> their lunch is from 12 to 1230, and it's all on schedule. Well, see, you are fortunate enough to have a curriculum that is set out. But there are parents out there who choose to homeschool their children despite COVID. So their children were already homeschooled before COVID happened. So most of these tips Mm -hmm. are coming from the parents who are ready homeschooled their children. So what they mean by keeping your child on the schedule is like Alyssa like said, for her, the curriculum has already been set out. 
So there is a specific time that her children need to log on. There is a specific time for a class. But for parents at home, they sometimes find that their children don't respond well because of the environment. The environment at school is a lot different than the environment at home. So for most children, they think that because they are at home, they don't have to adhere to that schedule. So one parent wrote in, one parent said how she gets her children to adapt to the school schedule is to give them incentives. Yes, she understands that normally if it's a regular school year, you're definitely not going to give your child an incentive to go to school because they know that it's a regular school year, they attend school. But now that they're at home, they don't want to get out of bed. They don't see the point of getting up early. They don't see the point why they have to keep to the schedule if they're still in their home environment. So she said, unfortunately, these are not the usual circumstances. So for some parents, it is vital for them to give their children incentives. By incentives, is maybe an extra dessert, maybe an extra half hour of free time in the evenings, maybe even an activity that allows them to spend time with either parent if both parents happen to be working. So you, Lisa, since you have two young children and you say they are obligated to follow a schedule, do you find yourself having to get, uh, provide incentives to get them to stick to the ch- uh, schedule? Are you fortunate enough to have two girls who are quite used to schedules and adhere appropriate, appropriately? Well, <laughs> I, I won't lie. I have to stay on this. Sometimes I come around the corner and scare them, you know, just to make sure they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but honestly, sitting at the computer, I know that can be tiring. So um, sometimes I allow them, you know, if you get all your work done, then you can, you know, slack a little bit. But if your work's not done, we're going to stick to the schedule. Well, see, that's interesting because you aren't the only person I know with, children. One of my friends had told me that unfortunately she has a preschooler and a first grader. And she said her first grader does not want to go to school. She is not responding well to the fact that she's going to be stuck inside, stuck at home, not able to interact with her friends, etc., etc. So the next tip is, unfortunately, COVID has changed a lot of things. Most children, when they go to school, it's not only to get educated, it's to interact with their teachers, interact with their classmates and or friends. There are activities that children do at school that encourage this, such as recess, such as field day for those who are younger, and for those who are older, they have after-school activities. So how do parents mimic this at home? Because most are still quarantined, and not a lot of people feel comfortable allowing um, a whole bunch of children to interact with each other. The solution here is Zoom. Zoom is a program where you can enter a room full of people 
on camera and you can interact that way. Unfortunately, I know that's not the same as interacting with someone in person or live, but it's better than nothing. So this tip encourages parents and students to reach out to fellow classmates, to reach out online, to seek out those support groups that will allow your children to interact with other adults, interact with other children through the computer. So it hopefully mimics something like socialization. Do you agree with that, Lisa? Um, I do. Out, yes. So, have you joined any support groups, and have you encouraged your children to reach out to fellow classmates through Zoom or any other program where they can see each other on camera and interact with each other? I say yes, but um, sometimes I I be telling them no because um, when they get on with their class, like they see each other, and then um, the way that my kids' school is set up, like they have kid emails, like they have school emails, and you can email your friend, you can text your friend on the computer, and one of her best friends, um, my kid's name is Aaron and Madison, Madison's friend Aiden, he was like, he hit her up today, it was like, maybe when we used to be best friends. <laughs> So I thought that was really cute because, you know, they're all, you know, sitting around bored and there's like five in the classroom. So um, they get to play, you know, little virtual games with each other. So when she told me that, I encouraged her today, and it was just today, to talk to them more because I don't know if they're going to go back next month or they're going to still stay at home. But for the groups, yes, um, at first I I really did um, have to – really join and be active in the group because I was trying to see what was making it work because I I felt like I would fail because I have no patience and I'm just like I'm one of those parents um you should have known this already so it's kind of like I'm having to slow down and you know retrain and get all those things back in order so things can run smoothly and now I mean, it's it's running smooth because I I was getting burnt out. So I asked my mom and my sister, you know, how about we take turns? One day um, you be the math teacher, I be the science teacher, and you be the reading. And we just swap now because me being their teacher all day, they get tired of me too. Like I'm not going to pretend. So I just had to I had to learn because it is it's a piece of work. And with that, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Alexis with some Youth Buzz news. Jaden Smith, son of Will and Jada Pickett-Smith, is following the footsteps of his famous mother with his own social media show. The show, The Solution Committee, will be airing on Snapchat. On the show, the 22-year-old will be seeking out the help of young activists and celebrity friends to explore and understand what they can do to create change around the most important racial and social justice issues of our time. Some of the topics that the show will explore will be criminal justice reform, voting access, and educational reform, among other topics. Back to the show.
I find it really interesting, Lisa, that you mentioned something, that you said instead of you being your child's only teacher besides the virtual teacher, you have reached out to family members to help teach your children. That's actually the next tip. The next tip is for those children who are still school age, and by school age, I mean elementary school, depending or um, where you live in the country, most subjects only taught by one teacher, right? You don't usually see multiple teachers until your child gets older. For some parents, they say this changes the quality of their children's education, and they highly worry about this because a teacher to them is college educated, is trained on the multiple subjects that they teach. So as a parent, while you care about your child's education, some parents worry that they can't teach their children the subject that their children currently are in. So the next step encourages parents to reach out to the community to seek out online resources to see if there is a group or anyone out there who can help educate your child in a way that you can't. For me personally, I am no longer school age, but I am currently in school. And for the topics that I need help with, I research YouTube. YouTube is a great resource where you possibly could find videos that explain in depth um, about a math subject, about an English subject, or anything else, but not everybody is qualified to teach the subject that your child is learning. So like Lisa said, her children get tired of just her. So she gets burnt out where she now has learned that it works out better if she splits the subject between her and her family or anyone else. So for those parents who are unfortunate enough not to have any family members to help, there are community people out there who are willing to step in to help. There is always YouTube. There is always online resources. And if work comes to worse, you can always just email your child's teacher and say, hey, look, I understand that the circumstances have changed this year. I understand that we're doing virtual, but is it possible for me to schedule some extra time for my child, anything, any resources you can give me, any extra um, instructions that you can share with me for me to be at home to make sure my child really understands this material. So, Alyssa, besides your mom and your sister who helps out, have you discovered any online resources that you would like to share with the listeners in retrospect of maybe a further in-depth explanation or understanding of the subjects your children are taking? Well, honestly... <laughs> and this might sound a little crazy, but this is the truth. I um, I enjoy the homeschooling for the simple fact that the stuff that they are teaching in school, they're not teaching it right. And no, I'm not a teacher, and you don't have to be certified to be a teacher because I've seen, like, in my research that sometimes teachers are wrong, and then sometimes the stuff that they teach, they're going along with you. They they Sometimes they, they know just as much as you know. So with my kids, 
I am teaching them real history. Um, math is fine. Reading is fine. But when it comes to history, um, no. So um, with that, I um, I do all the research and stuff for that because I want history told the right way, not not the way that they are teaching it. Um, but, I mean, they they do have, like, ABC Mouse. They have um, CoolMath.com, and that's from K-12. They have, um, they have typing assignments. Like, everything that I need help with is kind of, like, on their keyboard. So for other parents that that's, you know, that don't have it on the keyboard or the, the toolbar, I would say ABC Mouse works for kids um, in elementary. And then the Cool Math, that's, those are like games. You know, it keeps your kid educated but also while having fun. And they have cool science games on there as well. It says Cool Math, but you can do anything from reading, science, um, history. They, they even have art. Um, they have lessons on how to stay active. So, I mean, I really just, yes, online resources work. And like you said, YouTube, that's that's a big thing. Like, if you don't know how to do anything, you can YouTube it, and I promise you they will tell you. That's my go-to sometimes. Well, now that we have given out some tips, the next question is how can you help your child succeed in this unusual time for one of the benefits that I believe homeschool this year will help teach the youth is how to be independent. And what I mean by independent is usually when your child attends school, there's a teacher physically in the room to hold your child accountable for getting their work done and for paying attention in class. However, just like Alyssa mentioned earlier, now that your children are at home and it's a virtual teacher, the teacher is in the unusual place of having to monitor all these little squares of the computer screen. And, like, you know, she's not going to be able to really see everything. Uh, Like Alyssa says, sometimes when she walks past, she'll see her children flocking, and that's the case with, some parents that are writing out there to all these support groups. So how, do, how does homeschool teach your child how to be independent? It teaches your child to be independent because now your child is responsible solely for his or her work on their own. For example, when you are in school, you have a teacher there to hold your hand. You have the teacher there to say, excuse me, so-and-so, you need to pay attention, or excuse me, so-and-so, do you not understand? So when they are at home, while they still have a virtual teacher, there's not that physical presence of the teacher in there. So most children just choose to do what he or she wants. It teaches you to be independent by working independently.
leave. Because in some cases, some classes in school, you're allowed to work with a partner, you're allowed to work in the classroom setting, or as a class setting as a whole, where the teacher is teaching everybody the same thing, the teacher is encouraging participation, but at home, it's slightly different, because you don't have a friend, or you don't have a classmate in the room with you. So most subjects or assignments are done solo. So that means the teacher gives your child an assignment, explains the instruction, and it's up to your child to do that assignment. Now, yes, parents will be there to help their children do their assignment or to help encourage their children to stay on task, but I see this as a plus because it's preparing your child for the future. And for the future, what I mean is for high school and or college because I am a late bloomer, so I'm attending college now. Working independent is a little difficult for me because I have always came from an environment that encouraged me to work with others. But now that I have to study on my own, I'm accountable for my own homework, accountable for my own notes, etc. I wish I had the skills when I was younger to work independent. So I think the youth this year, one of the key skills that they're going to come out of this is to learn how to work independently. Do you see that as a benefit for your two young girls, Lisa? Yes. The next, the next thing is by by being homeschooled this year, youth are also learning how to hold themselves accountable. And what this means is, for all youth, they have to turn in their homework, right? But it's being done virtually. It's being done over the internet. So of course. Parents now are held more accountable than they were before because before your child actually finishes their homework, has to take it to the school building, and then themselves are turning it in. Now parents are saying that they are being held even more accountable because they are responsible to make sure that their children are doing their homework and more responsible to ensure that their children turn it in. So for youth, especially those who are older, like middle school and high school, it teaches them to be accountable by saying, your teacher says, okay, this is your assignment. It's due on Friday, let's say by noon, right? It teaches them to hold themselves accountable to say, okay, I was assigned this on Monday. I might as well get it done, and then I need to turn it in on time. So it does hold them account accountable but what's more it teaches them how to be more responsible do you uh, do you see this as a benefit Lisa? yes ma'am i um like you said it really does because although um they give you a little longer to turn it in it's on you to make sure that it's turned in and sent to your teachers because if not that's your grade exactly right So now they're saying that while the teacher is there to help and stuff like that, what about the study tips? What about those youth who aren't school age like Lissa's children but are older and have a lot more studying to do? What are some of the success tips that we as parents or as others willing to step in to ensure that our children do get the education that they need 
so they can build a better future for themselves and in turn us when we're older. The first tip is stick to a schedule. Just like you stick to a schedule for those who are homeschooled, have to be in the class, you always have to stick to a study schedule. After school, children usually have activities, they come home, they do homework. It's the same thing even if it's in a home environment. Most parents suggest that you give your child a break throughout the day. Like with school, they do get like classes where they're not assigned a lot of homework. Some students have after school activity. Like Lisa says, sometimes she allows her child or her children a little more free time if they get their work done. It's important that you give your children that break because it allows their mind to cool down, allows them not to feel so pressured, and most children respond well when they get a break. It encourages them to finish their work either before the break or after the break. The second tip is to keep the home quiet and free of distractions as possible. Because when you allow your child their electronics or you allow them to study in bed or you allow them to study in a room that's full of toys or with a television, when you aren't around, your child might just decide, okay, I don't need to study. I'm just going to turn on the TV. So when you keep them in an environment that's free of distractions and quiet, it's a lot easier for them to reach a spot or a pace where they're full, they're in study mode, and they just get more done. And the third and final tip is to reach out to those online resources and to reach out to the teachers of your child's subject. Because like Lisa said, she reaches out to all those resources to further help her understand how to teach her children the material that her children are being assigned. During the school year, for those older children, they have their teacher. But here, unfortunately, their teacher is virtual, and it's up to you to ensure your child is understanding the material. Without the teacher there physically, your child can't really ask questions, or if they ask you a question and you don't know how to answer it, it's just best to reach out to all those online resources. YouTube, as I mentioned earlier, is a great source where you can find videos to explain things like the quadratic equation right down to why, how to construct a proper sentence, right down to other cool things about science that I'm sure I'm missing. Even sometimes you might look out and find an animation that explains a historical event that you yourself can't explain in a fun way for your child to understand. So, Alyssa, how do you keep your children on task to ensure that they're succeeding while being homeschooled? Well, um, I do a lot of threatening. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, incentives, like you said, because I feel like um, giving them extra playtime and then all that will um, make them work. Okay. And with that, we'll be right back. Oh, man. Every time I think about 
the children in the world today, I begin to smile because I know we all have said it. We were all children once, and we all want to be grown. And when you become grown, you want to become a kid again. Man, I'm telling you, our kids have the best opportunity in life as long as we do what we're supposed to do. This is Tawanda with another chance for youth. I want to share with everyone that listens that we are super excited about another chance for youth, what we're doing, and so much that the future holds. If you have no idea who we are, please purchase our book. We'll be available everywhere you can purchase books and on our website called Why Another Chance for Youth. Also, we have several campaigns that we're working on, and one is on bullying. You could also get our workbook on bullying from our website as well. We are so super excited about everything that's going on in the world and for the children. Please connect with us, support the movement, join the campaign, and remember what we do today can help the youth tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for that, Tawanda. I do agree that what we can do today to help the youth tomorrow is a great way to ensure that we all have a brighter future. With the last couple of minutes left in the show, um, I just wanted to encourage all the youth and parents out there. Just hold on. Unfortunately, the pandemic isn't going anywhere, and we're all trying our best to ensure that things are as normal as possible. For all the youth out there, I know that it's hard. You're missing out on so many school activities. You're missing your friends. You're even probably missing that break from your parents because, let's be honest, children as much as we love our parents, sometimes enjoy that break that they get away from their parents. And I'm sure parents are starting to go stir crazy and they wish for that break from their children. So how do you ensure that your children is getting the most out of their education while at home? There has been studies out there that prove that there are so many different learning styles. Some children learn better hands-on. Some children learn better auditory. And some children learn better by watching somebody do something. So every parent, it's imperative that you learn how your child and or children learn best and seek out the resources that support them. So let's Alyssa, do you know if your two girls learn best by watching somebody do something, by hands-on, or do they do better like in a lecture setting where somebody talks and they're learning? I would have to say they're, they're quite different. I would say they try to do it on their own and then, you know, be hands-on at the same time, like do it as as they go, I, they learn better that way. Um, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I thought that was weird myself. But then I also I listen to them because sometimes they don't always work at their desk. 
they like to work at the kitchen table, and I hear them making up songs to, you know, remember their vocabulary words, or they even have dance routines. So they just, I don't know. I I think they, it's something going on in their brain. I think they're hearing music in their brain. They dance to, I think that's the song they said, Selena in their brain, and that gets them motivated. I know that's weird, but if someone is sitting there talking to them, they're not going to pay attention. Like, they have a short attention span. So they have to try to do it on their own. Like I said, when someone is talking, they miss it all. So with them trying to do it and doing it as they're thinking they're doing it right, you know, that's when they get it. And I let them mess up a few times because, I mean, you're not going to always be right. But if I try to teach them, like, you know, if you pay attention because everything your teacher said is right here. They have yet to learn that. Well, see, all children are unique in their own way. Not every child is going to learn the same way. Me, myself, I learn better when I watch somebody do something and or in a lecture setting. But maybe that's because I'm so used to lecture classes. But parents, I just want to encourage parents out there. There are so many resources out there that are free. You always have YouTube. Try to incorporate your child's learning style and how you deliver the assignments that they are responsible for. Because now this is the year that might change our how education works in this country. We don't know if the pandemic is here to stay for longer than this year. We don't know if this might be the turning point where more parents might decide to homeschool their children. Unfortunately, this year, there are so many things out in the air, but the one thing for sure that we are all focusing on is the youth education. I encourage you to reach out to the teachers, reach out to those online sources, try to incorporate as much fun into your children's education as possible. And for all the youth who are tuning in to listen, good luck on this school year. I certainly hope it is a rewarding experience for you. I certainly hope that you are learning all those new things, new subjects, new cool things. And before you know it, the school year is going to be over and summer is here. But for now, I believe Halloween is coming. So look forward to that. All the candy that you possibly can eat, parents, I think you just said that live on air. I might get in trouble for that. But, children, you have um, Halloween to look forward to. And with that, I wish everyone a good night. It was cool hanging out with you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Please reach out to us on our website at ac4y.org or email us at anotherchanceforyouth at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And with that, Good night. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We really hope that you enjoy the time with us and our great topic. If you have a great topic or something you really want to hear about, please contact us on our website at ac4y.org. Once again, that is ac4y.org. Until the next time, remember, 
In youth we learn, in age we understand. 